Turn the Word of God to Genesis chapter 13. We're going to start there. Genesis 13. And uh, if you pay attention tonight, afterwards, uh, we'll have some uh, uh, little things of ice cream in the back to hand out on the way out. My wife uh, 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 bought some, and so we'll just have back there just something up for fun. You can grab on the way out. And so, but just uh, remember that. Okay, so Genesis 13, Genesis 13, and we're going to read verses 1 through uh, 13. Genesis 13, verses 1 through uh, 13. All right, let's read here. It says this, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold, and he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also which went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together. For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, for me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. And Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you through the blood and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you, God, for being good and merciful and gracious. Uh, Lord, uh, we think about that song we sing, and can it be? Lord, who are we that you should love us? Who are we that you should die and shed your blood? And Lord, give yourself completely on our behalf and then raise again the third day, Lord, that we don't have to die in our sin and go to hell. We can be born again, we can be saved, we can be children of God even this day. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray if there's somebody here or, uh, listening, God, that's not saved again, Lord, today, convict that heart and draw that heart, we pray. Lord, again, we think of uh, uh, those in physical need, Lord, we think of uh, Donna tonight as she's in the hospital, Lord, we think of uh, Sister Pitt, we think of Sister Muxlow, we think of uh, Sister Martell, we think of Sister Meredith, and uh, we think of Sonny tonight, thank you for the good report there, just continue to help him and these others, God, I pray, Sister Carpenter, Lord, just so many with need tonight, but Lord, we commit them to you, and again, no doubt, the, uh, there's uh, perhaps financial need that people have, and Lord, uh, just other struggles going on in life, dear Lord, we commit those things to you. Now, Lord, as we look at this uh, 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 thought tonight, uh, dear God, I pray that you'd help us to stay true to the Word of God. Lord, we want to we wanna hate sin, but we want to love the sinner, and we want to love you, and to stand for what's right, that in everything you'd get the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
So uh, tonight I want to <laughs> look at this thought, you know, with the uh, issues and all the things uh, of today. You know, what does, what does God's Word say about uh, uh, gay rights, or we might add trans rights, or whatever else is out there? You know, it all comes from the same source. And today, our children are facing unprecedented, unprecedented times and challenges. Now, I know I, I've spoken about this subject before, but we need to keep it fresh in our minds because of the onslaught of the daily pushing of their agenda. Now, they preach it every day. <laughs> so we ought to be able to preach it once in a while. They preach it every day. And so uh, let me uh, share, as a, before even we get into these verses, let me share a couple of uh, articles with you. Now, uh, warning, there might be some, I don't know, what might be considered some rough language and maybe what I'm about to read. But hey, listen, we need to know what we're facing. We need to know what we're facing out there. Now consider uh, this that was passed in the law in the state of California uh, in August of 2002. This was an article in a magazine uh, that talked about a law that was passed in the state of California. And listen to, listen to this. It says all K through 12 school children, if you have K through 12 uh, children or grandchildren, raise your hand, right? Or younger, okay? All K through 12 school children must be taught to appreciate various sexual orientations. Public school teachers and counselors must identify children with the potential to be intolerant. Let's just talk about children. The potential to be intolerant of homosexuality and refer them for training. School sports teams that object to homosexual or transsexual behavior must be barred from participating in California Interscholastic Federation sports. All taxpayers must fund marriage equivalent benefits for homosexual partners of state employees. Nonprofit groups such as the Boy Scouts that refuse to hire homosexuals and look what happened there. What was I didn't want to get side. That was just wicked and vile. Maybe fined up to $150,000 per incident. A person's gender is whatever he or she says it is, regardless of biology. Now, that's, that's passed in, in a law. And then this, that's pretty uh, straightforward, pretty rough what it says here. A man by the name of Swift who calls himself... A, a homosexual activist said this in a magazine article. I'm not even going to read the whole thing. But it says this, We shall seduce your sons, emblems of your feeble masculinity, emblems of your shallow dreams, and vulgar, vulgar lies. Then it goes in to say all the places that we're going to go and do that. I'm not even going to read the whole thing. But listen, that's pretty straightforward and that's pretty rough stuff. But we need to know that, listen, they're willing to go door to door. That's why we need to go door to door, if you will. So uh, uh, that's so here. Let, let me give you one more here. Young children in public school, young children in public school classrooms are told that they should be conscious and caring about the problems of the world. Well, doesn't that sound nice? Right? They should care about the problems of the world. 
This sounds innocent enough, but next they are told that one of the problems of the world is overpopulation and that alternative lifestyles should be considered to alleviate this problem. Eventually, they hear that the gay and lesbian lifestyle, if practiced faithfully, could make a tremendous difference with this problem of overpopulation. If the... All right, I got to stop there because, <laughs> yeah, I'll say some things. Not that I'm afraid to say them, but I don't want to get off on something. If the homosexual couple someday wants children, they can simply find a surrogate mother. If the lesbian couple wants a child, they can choose the donor that they desire. Something has happened to dull our senses in America, and we're getting used to the dark. So that's some... Pretty, uh, but that's what's going on in America today. That's what's going on in this supposed to be a Christian nation. So that's why it's important, right, to keep this thing at the forefront and realize, right, we're, you know, talking about being a frontline soldier for the Lord. Well, if we're going to be frontline, we have to be willing to be on the front line. And this is one of the things to deal with on the front line. So, uh, again, the first mention of this subject is found in the book of Genesis, where we just read in Genesis uh, 13 about the men of Sodom and their sin. Again, look at verses 10 through 13 of Genesis 13. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Look, before the Lord what destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord in the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zor. Then Lot chose all the plains of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves one from another. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plains, look, and pitched his tent toward, right? I'm sure you've heard messages on that. Pitched his tent toward Sodom, right? He just sort of, amen, didn't start off that way, but he just sort of leaned that way, if you will. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Notice that statement. Now, I don't think Lot was ever uh, homosexual or his family, but the issue is being a sympathizer or just saying it's okay for other people. I mean, you look at the, these politicians. What's the word? Well, we've evolved on the subject. <laughs> we've evolved. <laughs> right. Okay, saying it's okay. But soon, looking. But if we're not careful, soon they will be beating on the door like they did Lot's house. Matter of fact, that article I didn't read all about, that's what they were basically talking about. Hey, we're going to beat on the doors to get your sons, whether it's the school doors or the gym doors or whatever. That's basically what that guy was saying in that article. So what is giving them such political power today is not the amount that claim to be that way. I mean, for most years, if you look at statistics, 1% to 2%, they claim to be that way. So obviously, that's not enough. 1% or 2% is not enough to have political power. But what is giving them such political power today is not the amount they claim to be that way, but the number of sympathizers that back them or are afraid to say anything, right? The people, hey, they, they, they may not live in Sodom, but they pitch their tent that way, or they feel like they're afraid to say anything. And so that adds to the political uh, power, if you will, or sway that they have. 
But in Genesis 19, Genesis 19, 24 and 25, again, we read that God destroyed, uh, uh, destroyed uh, uh, the, them for their sin. Again, Genesis 19, 24 and 25 says this. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. So as you, as you read the word of God, it's kind of funny. Uh, I think Brother Adam told me at Wednesday night, he talked about high places. But whenever a nation, whenever a nation was not right with God, Whenever a nation turned from God, these types of peoples increased. And then whenever a nation got right with God, they dealt with them. And that's clear in the word of God. 1 Kings 14, 22. 1 Kings 14, 22 through 24 say this. And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord. And they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they had committed above all their fathers had done. For they also built them high places and images and groves on every high hill and under every green tree. And notice verse 24. And there were also sodomites in the land. That means they were probably openly. And they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. So when they weren't right with God, what happened? Sin and vile sin increased. But when they got right with God, they dealt with it. And we see that in 1 Kings 15, 11, and 12. And Asa, right, did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. As David, his father, did. He did that which is right. And what's one of the things that showed he did what was right? Verse 12, he took away the Sodomites out of the land. Why? Because he did what was right in the eyes of God and removed all the idols that his father had made. And then in 1 Kings 22, it talks about uh, uh, his uh, descendant. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat and his might that he showed and how he warred, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And notice this, and the remnant of the Sodomites, which remained in the days of his father Asa, his father didn't get them all, he took out of the land. And then it says this about King Josiah in 2 Kings 23, 7. And he broke down the houses of the Sodomites that were by the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the grove. Notice that, right? Hanging around uh, the women, which you always notice. And he break down the houses of the Sodomites. So you see, when, when they, when they were right, weren't right with God, what happened? Sin, even the vilest sins prevailed. But when they got right with God, they dealt with these things. And so the Bible says, right, Leviticus 18.22, right? Clear language. Listen, the Bible's clear language. How anybody could doubt what this is talking about? This is pretty clear and forthright language. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. That's pretty clear. It is an abomination, right? Many people today refuse to call sin what it is. God said that homosexuality and these other things are an abomination. Abomination means this, something hated an object of disgust or detestable before God. 
The Old Testament law lists two types of abominations. There were ceremonial abominations and moral abominations. Certain things were to be abominable to Israel, and certain things were said to be abominations to God. And you know, when God makes statements like that, you don't see anywhere where it changes. If it was an abomination 3,000 years ago in the eyes of God, it's an abomination today in the eyes of God. And so, uh, listen, our country is being conditioned and programmed to accept these lifestyles and to promote them as legitimate. Let me say this. The Bible says God made them male and female. God made males, right? And he made them male all the way through. He made females, females all the way through. Even our skeletons, I don't care what you call yourself today, but if they ever dig up your bones, they're going to go male and female. <laughs> That's what they're going to say, right? They're going to say, because when God made you a male, he made you a male. When he made you a female, he made you a female, Right all the way through, and no matter what you call yourself, that's when they dig you up, that's what they're going to say. They're only going to say one of two things. When they dig up bones, they say one of two things. Male or female is what they're going to say. The propagation and indoctrination that is being given by activists through educational groups, it's wicked that they have to fight these things in schools, and other civic groups to condition the thinking of people is alarming. And that's why we have to stick with our fixed point of reference, which is what? The Word of God. Our fixed point of reference. Laws can change. Political uh, influence can change. But the Word of God is forever settled in heaven. And the Word of God that's forever settled in heaven says these things are an abomination before God. So uh, uh, we're going to make, of course, reference to uh, Romans 1. We'll look there in a minute. But... Romans 1.25 says this, who changed the truth of God. Just notice this statement, who changed the truth of God into a lie. And that's what they do. They change the truth of God into a lie. God's word speaks clearly about these issues and many other issues. And so we read in Romans 1.25, they change the truth of God into a lie. And there are many lies associated with, right, with these lifestyles that they push. Now, think about yourself. If people ask you about these things, how would you answer them? They say one thing. They say is what? It's a civil rights issue. It's a civil rights issue. How many people think that's a civil rights issue? Well, no, it's not a civil rights issue. Homosexuality is a lifestyle. These things are lifestyles, not a nationality or a race. You can't choose what race you're born. Right? And all races, right, all races are equal, but you don't choose a race that you're born. You cannot equate this with the civil rights of minorities or racial groups. It's not a civil right issue. It's a sinful lifestyle. It's a conscious choice. It's a conscious choice that these people make. That's one thing. This is a civil right issue. Another thing they say is people are born this way. People are born this way. I don't think any scientific researcher in the world is willing to say that people are actually born this way. It is a sin and a matter of choice, not a matter of birth. Now, people ask me, and I've, I've said this before, what do you say if people say, well, they're born that way? How do you answer that? How would you answer that? Anybody want to give me, tell me how they might answer that? Well, how I answer that is, and I might have said it before, is this. Listen, we know one thing. Everyone is born a sinner, Right? 
We know everyone's born that way, right? Everyone's born a sinner. But what we don't know, that we do know. One thing we do know, everyone's born a sinner. That we know. What we don't know is how that sin will be manifest in their life. That's what we don't know. We know they're born a sinner. We just don't know how sin and to what degree sin is going to be manifest in their life. Now, most people were just good old average sinners. <laughs> hey, not a funny thing to say. We're just good old average sinners, you know. We lie, we do stupid things, do things we shouldn't do, right? But, you know, we just, what people call normal, right? We're just normal sinners. But then some people, for whatever reason, sin is manifest in their life in some extreme way. Maybe, maybe they get into deep, depraved things, or for whatever reason, something switch goes on, or however that works, or a demon possessed, whatever it is, and they get into extreme sins. You know, they go rob a bank or they do this or that. And for whatever reason, sin is manifest in a more extreme way in their life. And that's what, it, that's what leads to these things like uh, uh, about being a homosexual or being transgender or whatever the case is, is that's just sin. It comes from the same source, right? But it's just manifest in a more extreme way in their life. You see? And so that's why, it's, it, listen, and listen, whether, whether you ever do, do some great wicked sin or whether you're just an average sinner, right, you're still made of the same stuff. That's why people need to realize it's, uh, being saved isn't just about what you've done. It's about being what, it's what you are. It's about you, what you are. And uh, that's what, it, that's what it's, it's about. So in one sense, they're born that way in the sense that they were born a sinner. Now, they weren't born that particular type of sinner, it's just that that the way sin, I believe, that's the way I explain it, that that sin was manifest in their life. And then the Bible gives some explanations of maybe why somebody gets into that sin. Just we know that, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, uh, children are attacked or this happens in their life. I think of my, uh, uh, a good friend of my, my mother, right, one of her sons. And another boy, were unfortunately, were uh, uh, attacked by a man. One ended up that way, one didn't. We don't understand how all that happens. But the thing is, either way, it's something that we can deal with according to the Word of God. And we don't have to be afraid to deal with something according to the Word of God. Because if somebody uh, uh, says, let me just say this, if somebody says, well, but, but, I, but, I, but, I have, but I have those desires, how can I deal with those desires? You deal with those desires according to the word of God. If you claim to be, let me just use this as an example. If you claim to be a homosexual, you say you have those desires, how do you deal? You deal with them according to the word of God. Just like a heterosexual person, right? If, if, if I'm a heterosexual male, Right. And I and uh, uh, I get I get married or before I'm married, before I'm married, I have those uh, desires towards a woman. You know what I'm supposed to do? I'm supposed to control those desires. How can I control those desires? Man, that's a good looking woman. How can I control them, my desires? Control them according to the word of God. So the same way you're telling them to control whatever desires they say they have, you say you control them according to the Word of God. That's the same way I got to control any desires that I have that aren't according to the Word of God. How do you control any desires that you have that you control them according to the Word of God? By being saved, right? Through the Spirit of God. That's how you control them. So you're not telling them to deal with anything any way different than you have to deal with anything in your life. So it's not like you're picking on them or whatever. You're saying, hey, this is how you deal with any sin. You deal with it according to the word of God. You get saved and then you have the spirit of God in you. And then now you can understand the word of God and now you can live according to the word of God. And now whatever sin you're having a problem with, 
whether it's just a normal sin or whether some extreme sin, you now have the power to deal with that, right? Right? And now that you're saved or now that uh, you have God to control you. So you deal with all sin the same way. No matter what sin you're talking about, it's dealt with the same way. So anyways, they're born that way, right? This lifestyle is gay. You know what that word comes from? That word actually means happiness or joyous. There's nothing happy or joyous about that. This is a lie to describe the lifestyle. This way of living is anything but joyous. It's a lifestyle of bondage. And the only way out, of course, is to believe the truth. They say this, well, hey, just leave us alone. Listen, uh, no, we're not going to leave you alone. You know why? Because you don't want to leave our children alone, right? And you really don't want to be alone. You see, they can't reproduce, so they have to recruit. And you can't recruit, amen, and leave people alone, right? This, too, is a lie. The only way this lifestyle, again, can continue is by recruiting others into this sin. They say tolerance is the goal. Homosexual or transgender, whatever lifestyle activists claim they are promoting tolerance and diversity, and this is a lie because they aren't very tolerant of us. What is their goal? Their goal is to indoctrinate a generation to believe that homosexuality and these other things are a normal, acceptable lifestyle, which, of course, they aren't and should never be recognized as, right? So we need to realize that these lifestyles are some of the lowest levels of human depravity, some of the lowest levels of human depravity. We must know that the Bible says about these issues. The Bible says again that these lifestyles are an abomination. This means that it is the lowest level of human depravity. Uh, God says that these th talks about vile affections. And again, God calls these people sodomites. Don't be afraid to use those words. They're Bible words. Never be afraid to use a Bible word. I remember talking to somebody one time, and they said, why do you say this? And why do you say that? I said, because I'm talking to you about God. I'm talking to you about the Bible. These are Bible words. And so I'm not afraid to use Bible words to describe things or explain things. Never uh, be afraid to use Bible words and Bible definitions. Again, turn over to Romans 1, which of course is a chapter uh, that we always look at in these situations as it talks much about it. But Romans chapter 1, beginning of verse 24, we'll start there again. It says, wherefore God also gave them, and notice the words that are used, very strong language here. God uses very strong and clear language. Oh, the Bible's so hard to understand. These don't seem very hard to understand. If you need to look something up, what do you do if you're reading any other book and don't understand a word? You get a dictionary, right? I remember, you remember your kid, and you, I'd say, teacher, I don't understand this word. Well, get a dictionary. Well, you know, that never made sense to you when you are a kid. Wherefore, God also gave them up, verse 24, up unto, notice this word, uncleanness, uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts. That's where, you see, you say, were they born that way? Well, you were born with a sinful heart. The heart is deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Bible says in, in Genesis about people, what their, the, the imaginations of their heart were evil continually. So in that sense, right, that's the source of it. That, of the, look at this, the lust of their own hearts 
To what? Dishonor their own bodies between themselves. What are they doing? Uncleanness. What are they doing? They're dishonoring their bodies, the Bible says. Unclean, it means moral uncleanness. It means filth. And their lifestyle is filthy. That's what it is. To dishonor. That means to treat with indignity, to abuse. That's what they're doing with their bodies. Romans 1.25, here it is, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature. Boy, is that truth? Boy, they serve the creature, Mother Earth, animals, right? This big thing about abortion going on right now. Hey, you can go out there. They could care less if you go out there and cut up a baby. But boy, you take a bald eagle egg and step on it. You're going to jail. Well, hey, listen, I talked to that mother. I speak eagle, you know, and she was like, hey, man, you know, I've already had three chickens. That's enough, right? Try that, right? Yeah, 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 right? I said, what do you want? She said, I said, okay, I'll take care of it for you. You know what? uh, 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 Sister Pam was telling me about a video that she saw about these people doing the marches. This woman on the march, she was was acting like she was pregnant, right? She had a fake uh, doll underneath. And then she pulled the doll out, and then she stomped on it. I mean, where, where does your mind, what takes your, you know what takes your mind? When you're giving up. When you're giving up. That's a depraved mind. That's a vile mind. That's a mind full of uncleanness. Who changed the truth of God, what? To serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to what? Vile affections. For even their women... Notice that the change, notice where the natural use. Notice how many times you're going to hear the word natural tonight. The natural use into that which is what? Against nature. It's against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the women. The Bible is pretty clear. The Bible is pretty clear. Don't be afraid to read the Bible and say what the Bible is. Leaving the natural use of the woman. Burned in their what? Their lust. This has nothing to do with love. Uh, love one. I, I hate that statement. No. The only, I, let me tell you, love one. Love one at Calvary. That's where love won. Love didn't win at the Supreme Court. Love one at Calvary. That's where love. You know when love wins? When a sinner repents and puts their trust in Jesus Christ. That's when love wins. All those other things are lust. The lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is what? unseemly. That's pretty clear. And receiving, notice the statement, in themselves. Where do those diseases come? Where they're receiving in themselves that recompense. That word recommend means, you know what that word recompense means? Return of evil or suffering or other equivalent as a punishment. That's what it means. They're returning of their evil. They're, they're, They're doing these evil things and they're receiving in themselves the, 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 the payback of that evil. <laughs> That's what they're getting. The payback of that evil in themselves as a punishment of their error, which was meat, which they deserve. Verse 28, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things, what? Which are not convenient. 
And so verse 131, Romans 131 says this, without understanding, talking about these people, covenant breakers, without natural affection, natural affection. Why is abortion such a big issue? Because these women are without natural affection, the natural affection that they should have when they hear that they're pregnant. There should be a natural affection. But you see, listen, the, the, the abortion has nothing to do with women's health issues. Has nothing to do with, well, women are going to die. You know what? Listen, if you don't have, if they don't allow abortion, you say, well, women are going to die. Let me tell you, there's a, there's a small percentage chance that some of the women are die. But when you have an abortion, there's almost a 100% chance that somebody's going to die. So if you, can take, if you can take the chance of somebody dying from 100%, to one or two percent, most people would call that a successful rate. Like if you had a disease that killed a hundred percent of the people that got it, and you came up with something that would bring that down to one or two percent, hey, listen, people would be applauding you. Hey, we have a way for the, the that rate to go down, right? Stop it. It has nothing to do with it. Well, then they bring up things that play on people's emotions. Sure, it's sad if, if there's uh, uh, something that happens to some woman or something and she gets pregnant. We know, hey, listen, we have hearts, of course. But, but 90-something percent of the reason, I didn't mean to get off on abortion, but 90% of the reason, some percent of the reason they have abortion is because what? People are living in lust. People are whoring around. And they get caught up in the situation. They're messing around with their spouse or they're having fornication and they get pregnant and they don't want to pay the consequence for their sin. They don't want to pay the recompense for their sin. That's why those, that's such a big thing. So, and again, they're without natural affection. Why, why, why does a, a, a man turn to another man or woman? Why? Because they're without natural affection. Because a natural affection would be towards the opposite Sex, the natural, that'd be what would be natural. That's why the Bible says against nature, the natural use of. The Bible's pretty clear in that. 2 Timothy 3, 1, 3 says the same thing. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. What? 2 Timothy 3, and what people will be with what in the last days? Without natural affection. The Bible is pretty clear about, the, uh, uh, these, about, these, about these things. So in these verses, God gives us a description of this degrading, immoral society. He places this lustfulness that men have for men and women have for women at the lowest level. God places the sin of sodomy and these other things at the lowest level of human depravity. So again... The Bible talks about in the last days, men will be without natural affection. It, again, it's unnatural for a man to lust after another man. It's unnatural for a woman to lust after another woman. It is a perversion of truth and it's sinful. And we don't need to be afraid to say those things when we're standing on the truth of the Word of God. And then according to uh, Jude 7, let me read uh, this verse to you. Jude 7 says this, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over, look at this, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are what set forth for an example. And what was that example? Suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. 
right? If they never turn to the Lord. But here, so all that, all that is pretty bad news. Pretty bad news. But here's the good news. No matter what your lifestyle, no matter if you're just a normal sinner or you're a sinner to some uh, 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 large degree, if you will, here's the good news. Whosoever will, amen, may come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Whosoever will may be saved. So here's the, here's the thing. When you, when you talk to those people, sure, you may be strong. I mean, I, I, I've been out, I remember preaching on the street and, and uh, 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 people come up to me and they say, well, well, what about homosexuality? And I would just tell them, I said, well, it's a sin. Just like, you know, anything else that I name a few other sins. Oh, you think we're this, we're that? No, I just think you're a sinner. Just like I was a sinner. Right. Just you sin in a different way than I sinned, but we both had to be saved. Listen, uh, we, we, we hate the sin. We're going to stand strong. But you know what? We care about you. And as I've said before, those people that say they promote their lifestyle, they don't care about them. They don't care that they're going to die in their sin. They don't care that they're going to spend eternity in hell. We're the ones that care about them. That's why we tell them the truth. When you love people, you tell them the truth. You aren't afraid to look them in the eye and say, hey, you're living a sinful lifestyle, but Jesus died for you, shed his blood for you, was buried and rose again the third day for you. We're the ones that love them. We're the ones that care about them because we're willing to tell them the truth about their sin and we're willing to tell them the truth of how they can be forgiven that sin. So let's finish up with 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 9 through 11, which say this. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11, which say this, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, hey, whether that's with the opposite sex or the same sex, you're still, what? A fornicator. Still wicked before God. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor infeminate, talking about those kind, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, names all these sins, shall inherit the kingdom of God. But I love verse 11. And what does it say? Such were some of you. You see, the world says once a drunkard, always a drunkard. You know, they say alcoholic. Well, it's a disease. No, it's not a disease. It's a sin. You're a drunk, right? You have a problem with alcohol, you're a drunk. And you know what? You don't have to stay that. Such were some of you. And you know what? I got saved at 22. And you know what? When I got saved, I was a lot of things that I'm ashamed of. I wouldn't want to tell you everything that I've done in my life. I'm ashamed of things that I've done in my life. But I'm not ashamed of what I did the day I got saved. And you know what? I, but you see, I did those things. I was, but I'm not anymore. Now I'm a child of God, amen? I'm saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. Such were some of you. You might have walked in that door tonight, a drunkard. You might have walked in that door tonight, a drug addict. You might have walked in the door that night, a homosexual or, or something else. But you can walk out of it and say, that's what I used to be. But tonight, I repented of my sin. Tonight, I turn from my sin and I put my trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ because that night, tonight, 
on uh, May 15th, 2022, I realized Jesus died for me and shed his blood for me and was buried and rose again the third day for me. And I put my trust in his finished work. I was born again and I'm no longer a drunkard. I'm no longer a homosexual or I'm no longer a whatever it was when you walked in the door because I found Jesus. That's why I said such were some of you, but you are what? You are washed. You are sanctified. Ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You walked in here, whatever it is you were when you walked in, but you can leave here tonight washed. You can leave here tonight sanctified. You can leave here tonight justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. So as we, as we think about these things and what the Bible says about them, may the Lord again help us to be loving to be loving of sinners, but bold against sin. So as they are willing to, to hit the streets to fight for their rights, we should be willing to hit the streets to fight for what is right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you say they're fighting for their rights, but it's our job to fight for what is right and to stand for what is right. We should not allow them to be bolder about their sin than we are about the message that takes away sin, the message of the shed blood and finished work of Jesus Christ. If they're willing to jump up on the housetop and brag about their sin, we should be willing to jump up on the housetop and brag about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for us and what he's done for them. Let's pray.